Ding dong. Who's there? It's diminishing returns. Hello and welcome to Keanu Vember uh, on Diminishing Returns. Uh, I'm Sol. That that guy there is Alan. Hello. And we are joined by a very special uh, guest this week to discuss the Matrix trilogy, which I, I think is kind of the it's the reason we're doing Keanu Vember. You know, it's it's the big one. Uh, we are joined by Jeremy Kaplowitz. Hey. Hey. Thanks for Hello. joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I just want to sort of set off this whole thing by saying um, I don't. I just watched the Matrix films again, obviously, <laughs> but I don't think I'd watched the Matrix for mm. at least ten years, and I was terrified of how it was going to hold up because <laughs> this is twenty odd years old now, and you know it was cutting edge at the time. I had a very similar experience to you, Alan. I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, we had a load of set texts like you do when we went to Alan and I went to university together yeah doing mm-hmm. film studies so yeah. <laughs> and they give you a list of books that you know all the textbooks you have to go and spend hundreds of pounds on and and we had a list of set films as well that we were going to be studying and I think The Matrix was one of them so I think the last time I watched it was for university is that <laughs> the same for wow. you Alan because that will have been possibly, about the same possibly. time like 10 15 years ago whenever it's that possible was. I didn't watch those films I certainly didn't buy the books <laughs> <laughs> Matrix is an easy one to watch for school, though. You don't have to be like, oh, I have to yeah. do homework. <laughs> I can't remember what module we were doing, but there was a particular class we did at, at, at uni. And the, we had to write about culture in film or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. But the, the lecturer specifically said, do not do The Matrix. I have read every <laughs> single 19-year-old person's opinion on The Matrix. I do not want to hear any more about it. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just that sweet spot, you know, like where yeah. it was a group of students who had been 12 years old when The Matrix came right. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I, I think, yeah, it was one of a few, like Tarantino, there was a real stigma around, like, yeah. sort of avoid talking about Tarantino. It's just, it's been done this was to pre, death, you know. Yeah. Pre-Inglorious Bastards Tarantino as well, where he was kind of on a downward... Um, trajectory for a bit and uh also shane meadows who uh you probably don't know jeremy but he's like this this british very gritty drama filmmaker you know makes really films with regional british accents <laughs> films about working doubt class they, people i doubt yeah. they travel outside of this country i have not i've not seen them What's uh, Jeremy? What's your relationship with the Matrix? If I dare use the word relationship, <laughs> <laughs> we've dated for several years. Uh, <laughs> the Matrix, I think, is the first R-rated movie I ever saw. I was born in '93, oh. and it came out in '99, so I would have been like six when it came out. And I'm pretty sure it's the <laughs> first one. Uh, and then when I was rewatching these, I think everybody's rewatching these right now because of the fourth one. Like the yeah. trailer mm-hmm. came out, and everyone's like, "Oh, right, I forgot the Matrix is a thing." And I, um, I was pretty sure I had only seen the first two movies. I was like, you know, obviously I've seen the first one. I have a lot of memories from the second one. I'm pretty sure I never saw the third one. And then I finished the second one. And I was like, oh, half my memories from the second one didn't happen in this movie. So I must yeah. have, they must be in the third one. And it turns out I have seen all three of them. I had the same thing, but the other way around where I wasn't sure if I'd actually seen the second one. Yeah. 
I remembered going to see the third one in the cinema. I'm not quite sure how I how I sort of skip the second one like that. But um, then when I sat down to watch them, I was like, oh yeah, there's a lot of this that I thought was the third movie. Okay, yeah, I have seen it. It it took me about uh, two or three minutes of Googling to figure out which order they were supposed to be in. Because (laughs) they're both released in the same year and I couldn't figure out by the plot synopsis and what was going on. Yeah, which is unusual. You know, they were shot back to back, obviously, but even so, it's it's unusual to release two films like yeah. so close to each other. And then also the Animatrix. Yes, I think the Animatrix was like the same year, which I watched that as a kid, and it like fucked me up. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw it, but I I saw it when I was like ten years old, and it like ruined all anime for me for like twenty years. <laughs> like I, it made me too sad to watch any anime. Uh, I I've still not actually seen it. It's it's been on my to do list for a long, long time, uh, and I was hoping to get around to it ahead of this recording but then uh, it came to the weekend and it realized i had three you know two hour plus movies <laughs> that i hadn't watched yeah, i needed to watch for Monday, long, so. yeah. <laughs> but yeah I, I i have a i have a specific memory actually of seeing what i think it must have been the second one and i'd been to uh some kind of house party thing you know i was a sort of young teenager and yeah so i hadn't had i hadn't really had any sleep um, because I, I'd been up all night with a lady, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> in a very sort of sixteen-year-old kind of way. Uh, but um, but then we went to the cinema like a group of us, and I fell asleep uh, to the Matrix Reloaded, <laughs> and all so all I could have was these vague memories of like an orgy scene, uh, and, and then just sort yeah. of very very loud action and a, a car chase that goes on for forty minutes, and I just had a little snooze. Uh, it was it was a lot more enjoyable that way. I think that's the way to see it, though. Those yeah, are the yeah, best parts of the movie. <laughs> if you that's could distill true. it to those at a nap, that sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah, because you know, obviously, we'll we'll um, we'll come back to Reloaded properly, but I I will say it's kind of there's about twenty minutes of movie in that in that film, and then it is just kind of padded out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, to get a kind of highlights reel would be yeah, definitely the way to do it. Taking the rest subconsciously. But I I want to I want to yeah. really focus on the original Matrix because I think that yeah. was a real huge moment in cinema. You know, there's there's some. There's some really well, I, I, big things in there that have, that haven't quite had the knock-on effect that we expected mm. them to, perhaps. But it was a huge deal when it came out, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I I, I had a, a, a similar experience um, to you, Jeremy, where I remember this being one of the first adult movies, uh, not adult movies, mm-hmm. but not. Um, <laughs> You know, sure, not sure. Jim Carrey movies is kind of what I'm trying to say. You might have seen the wrong one if you saw the adult <laughs> version of it. Um, but I, I remember this being like one of the first movies that wasn't animated or or didn't star Jim Carrey that I saw. Um, there there were some neighbors <laughs> that uh, I used to go around to, and they were always renting out movies. And there were two or three films that were kind of formative experiences for me growing up because they were oh, I can enjoy a serious drama and not everything has to be a comedy. And one of them was Unbreakable, which we've spoken about uh, on the show before. Mm. Um, I think one of them was The Beach, that oh, yeah. that not particularly good Danny Boyle. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, one of them was <laughs> The Matrix, which, you know, I, I heard about this amazing new thing, The Matrix, from them, really. I, I didn't have a clue about it. And they were like, no, you've got to... You've got to check out this film. We've rented it out. We've already watched it. We're going to watch it again while we've got the the VHS tape uh, before we have to take it back. You should come over and watch it. It's incredible. Um, and I didn't really appreciate the impact, you know, how innovative and, and unique a film it was. So I think it was a bit too young to get that. But just as a film that I could enjoy and, like I say, wasn't, you know, full of fart jokes and eddie murphy playing multiple characters yeah if i want the eddie murphy, this, eddie murphy play an agent smith and then clones himself <laughs> <laughs> just a hundred <laughs> yeah well yeah actually speaking of casting uh actually um obviously we we are doing <laughs> you're not going to be aware keanu of this Vember. jeremy but we are doing keanu vember in that we've accidentally <laughs> doing three keanu reeves films in a row um, well, we, the, yeah, we, we accidentally <laughs> scheduled two next to each other and we thought, oh, we might as well <laughs> make a thing out it. of this. There's a good pun there. Yeah, let's do it. But yeah, so obviously Keanu Reeves kind of was a, a, a sort of sexy young thing, up and comer, and then became a, a, a proper legit sort of Hollywood star with, with, with speed, really. Point break just before that. You had to catch yourself from saying actor there, didn't you? <laughs> well, you know. Um, but then he kind of had five years of making kind of crap action films like Chain Reaction and stuff like that. And then um, The Matrix was just the next in line. But obviously it was uh, it was a, a cut above the rest. And mm. This rejuvenated Keanu Reeves to a point that he has not let go of yet. Um, Twenty-two years later, he's still he's still plowing on with this Matrix energy, and obviously, it made him a fortune money-wise as well. Yeah, he he had profit share on it, didn't yeah. he? I feel like after the Matrix, though, he was going down a little bit again, and it was John Wick that like brought him back up. Like mm. I feel like people before John Wick, I feel like people were down on Keanu again. I, it's he's definitely had a little resurgence the last couple of years. I think, yeah, John Wick. Bill and Ted Three, mm-hmm. uh, Toy Story Four, <laughs> yeah, he's he's become really really popular again. Uh, I think the internet's a big part of it as well. He's just sort of become a, a kind of beloved yeah. meme figure. That online. cyberpunk video where he like shows up at E oh, three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, and and I'm all for it because you know as I've spoken about um, the last week or two on this podcast already. I apparently bear enough of a resemblance to Keanu Reeves that people will <laughs> routinely tell me wow. that I look just like Keanu Reeves, even though I, I don't think I do. <laughs> but we're we're both um, we're both like vaguely exotic-looking brown-haired men, and I, I think that's kind of you haven't got the cheekbones for it though. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm 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 got my uh, tour of the gym. Uh, booked in for Wednesday, Alan. So I'm going to get the cheat because I saw him in this film. And I thought, like, oh yeah, I could look like that. That's that's an attainable goal. I like that you you do look like Keanu Reeves, but he is 28 years older than you. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, although he doesn't look it. Let's face it, he looks still looks pretty good, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, I'm just championing Keanu Reeves. Is my point. I'm I'm all for his resurgence. I'm all for him becoming popular again because. It helps me when he does well. You know? <laughs> I was going to say, in an alternate reality, I think you guys would be doing the Will Smith November because I think he was the original <laughs> yeah. casting, right, for The Matrix, and he turned yes. it down. Yeah, Will Smith is 
really, really bad at choosing his roles. <laughs> this has happened so many times where he's been offered a, a an amazing role that would have been, you know, a highlight of his career. And he, he turns it down. He he turned down uh, Django Unchained. Right. I think to do, I want to say to do Suicide Squad, but that doesn't line up. It, mm. Those can't be the same films. But he turns something down to do Suicide Squad. <laughs> but but it, it's easy to say that in hindsight, isn't it? I mean, Django Unchained, fair enough. You should, probably should have done that. It's a Tarantino film. Yeah, yeah he's on. known but, for, yeah, he's but for revitalizing careers that need a shot in the arm. That's his whole thing. But it had swearing in it. He said he didn't want to do a, a grown-up film with swearing. Yeah. Well, this, but with The Matrix, though, you can see why. It was a low budget for what it was trying yeah. to achieve. It had yeah, a couple yeah. of directors that you know had only done one film before. It was, it was a trying to do so much. I believe he turned down The Matrix so that he could make Wild Wild West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, but on paper at that time, that's the correct choice. Yeah, <laughs> and, right? and obviously, well, yeah, it's you know, a follow-up to Men in Black, isn't it? Yeah, that changed yeah. the world. We all live in the Wild Wild <laughs> yeah. West universe now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, imagine the rap song we would have got. <laughs> that would have been incredible. Oh. But wow. but yeah, so the the Matrix itself, yeah, not an obvious winner on paper because. It has this kind of pseudo-philosophical well, yeah, script. That... And what the hell was a computer in 1999? <laughs> no one had a clue. Oh, well, that, that's what I really loved. Like I said, I, w- I went into this, I was concerned. How well is this aged? But it, it's done okay. It's still standing up. And part of that is because it still has that 90s feel of the kind of like, mm-hmm. computers <laughs> are kind of magic. We, we don't quite know what they're doing. And also... We've still got some really good, solid practical effects in yeah. here. It's not all CGI. Yeah, and that... you know why I think that works. The the magic computers thing is that they kind of know that they don't know how they work enough to not get into it too much. Just don't show like it. I, yeah, don't show. Yeah, the, I think the a workings. few more, <laughs> a few more years, they would have had a few more, you know, internet computer buzzwords in there, and to go. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It that. would have all been a commentary on Twitter. <laughs> but you're right yeah the special effects are kind of i mean i'd say they're kind of what the film's best known for aren't they there there was certainly a two or three year period where you could not watch a, a cartoon or a comedy movie without there being a, a scene dedicated to spoofing the bullet time yeah uh, mm. sequence you know i think shrek the shrek dodge some like an <laughs> egg thrown at him in bullet time or something <laughs> but also the whole the thing where they do they jump up to about to kick each other and then the camera swings right. around them yeah, in, in sort yeah. of super slow-mo. That whole thing, which was a real practical effect, wasn't it? That was just like a big line of cameras, basically. Is <laughs> <Yeah>. that <laughs> how they did it? <laughs> sort of, um, yeah, yeah. I, but I love that. All the practical effects of those kind of absurdly simple, really, when you, when you really get down to it. Uh, because computers are just a kind of... Like when you do CGI, it's just an amorphous thing. Like I don't understand how any of it works, so I can't appreciate it, really. Unless it looks mm. real. Again, I, like not to jump too far ahead, um, but I think there's a, a very clear kind of indication of you know how this could have been done a lot worse just by looking to the Matrix Reloaded, which you know relies so much more heavily yeah, yeah, on yeah. CGI and looks like a you know, well PS3. I was going to say PS2. It looks like a PS3. <laughs> yeah, PS3. Game. PS3. Yeah, but it, it, which it's... is you know not it could be a lot worse, but. It, it doesn't yeah. work in the same way. This film feels a lot more grounded and real, and, and it's great. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's aged a lot more. Those sequels have aged a lot more than the original. 
in the same way that you can watch Alien now. It was made in 1979, but it, you could you could still make that film now pretty much as is. Um, uh, and I think The Matrix has that kind of feel. Uh, yeah, that low budget look where we haven't got the we haven't got the budget for sets, so we're all going to have we're going to be in this little spaceship thing. That's all we're really going to see, and then everything else is in the real world. So that's kind mm-hmm. of okay. Mm-hmm. Over and above the the actual effects and all that, what what does the Matrix offer us? And, you know why 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 is it sort of why did it become so popular at the time? But why is it also still kind of a a big deal now? Well, I think it's it's an incredible concept for for a story just you know on, on a pure um I, i'm very concept driven when it comes to films like if you tell me a good idea like a premise for a film that is enough to hook me in and make me think yeah i'll go see that and you know more often than not it ends up being like the invention of lying and it doesn't work it's like <laughs> oh. but i think the matrix is one of those you know it's it's an amazing idea yeah i was gonna say it kind of does the star wars trick where it like takes all this uh japanese uh like film yeah. <laughs> imagery like it takes it's like the matrix is like specifically i think like hong kong and then like i think ghost mm. in the shell it took like anime yeah. scenes and then just like brought it into like a f- american fantasy yeah which is what george yeah, lucas yeah. did and it was a huge hit so if you're gonna make a movie go watch some like really good anime movies that no one's seen and then just remake <laughs> them in the u.s <laughs> It, it works really well, though, yeah. I mean, it, it, the wire fighting as well, I guess, is, yeah, it's, you know, very much... Um, I, I suppose there was a little resurgence around this time with the likes of, um, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and films like that. When, mm. when did that come out? Alan? Early 2000s, yeah, 2001, something All right, like that. So yeah. that... Jeremy, how, how do you stand on the on the old Kung Fu stuff? Are you a fan? <laughs> I think it's fun. I, I like it in The Matrix. I like it in Crouching Tiger. I liked it even in um, the new uh, Shang-Chi. Marvel tried to do it, I think. Like oh, a, yeah. For like yeah. 30 seconds, and then the rest of the movie is yeah. like all CGI <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. But it's fun in the beginning of that. Yeah, the the first, uh, the bus scene yeah. in that film at the start is incredible. It's really good. And then, yeah, after that, it's sort of like, oh, okay. They hired someone who can, like, do fighting <laughs> and martial arts, and then they were yeah. like, all right, cool, we got that, so let's uh, animate the rest <laughs> of it. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not a big fan, really. It's not my sort of thing. And and we when we did John Wick, it was just like oh, it's just people fighting for two hours. I'm well, like, <laughs> but John John Wick isn't really. It's not the same sort of thing. It's much it, more grounded it, in reality. Yeah. It's it's yeah like in this film and and the trilogy as a whole, like the fighting is really choreographed and it's you know you can tell it's almost more like watching a dance. Whereas mm. in John Wick, it's like you know John Wick walks into a room and shoots five people in the face and <laughs> walks on i do also like the the choreography of those two though i i think i like them for a similar yeah. reason i like the first john wick movie where he's in like the the club or whatever and he's just mm-hmm. i think it's like just 15 minutes of him like killing everybody <laughs> but it feels very choreographed and i like that it, it just feels like they set up a little play for us their camera is like just on it so you don't have to like do shaky camera mm-hmm. to hide all of the like fake shit I think that stuff's cool. Yeah, but it's it's a different kind of um, yes. stunt choreography, I guess. It, it feels a lot more performative in The Matrix. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and again, I, I think, you know, in the sequels, it's arguably a bit to the film's detriment, but mm. it works really well, I think, in the first one. It's because, just at the right level. In the first one, yeah, it's real. Okay, yes, they may be on some wires to make them flip around a bit, but, you know, they're still kicking each other with 
super powerful kicks, right? As opposed yeah, to CGI I mean, people, uh, you know, spinning around on a on a metal rod or something. Yeah, and and you don't mind the fact that it kind of breaks reality to have well, them suspended with wires because they are breaking it's in the reality. story that's world. The whole yeah, point. yeah, that's yeah. They, they've they've created a world where that can happen. Okay, I'm still not that bothered, but like for me, <laughs> for me to get me interested in the kung fu element, all you got to really Jackie Chan that shit, you know. You got to put some mm. comedy into it. You got to make it <laughs> stupid. Um, then I can get on board. Mm. But yeah, it's like I I want a fight scene to last thirty seconds and move on. That's all I need. I think all of the Matrix, the first one, feels much more grounded. I think not just the effects. I think also just like plot wise, like it's much smaller. Oh, yeah. And like the first Matrix, I think holds up because you're watching it. Like it feels like this could be happening somewhere in the world, and you just don't know about it. By the second one, it's like very much fantastical. Like you don't see a bunch of like I don't know one guy <laughs> fighting like 45 clones in a empty <laughs> uh, schoolyard or whatever. And by the third one, it's just like it, it's just fully cartoon. But the first one feels like you're watching it like, and you know that's a if it just feels totally more grounded. Like it feels like it could. There could be some guy in an office hiding from a guy in a suit. Like it doesn't feel insane. Yeah, yeah. yeah I really like that about the first one, though. That kind of slight, the more gritty nature of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, let let me ask you guys, because you, obviously you saw this when you were quite young. Did did the Matrix blow your tiny little minds? Was this this <laughs> pseudo philosophical nonsense well, question your reality? As I say, I think I was a bit too young to really even acknowledge that there was a philosophical discussion going on with it. I, I just sort of went like, oh yeah, they're in a computer, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think the Matrix, when I was a kid, like the Matrix, Star Wars, War of the Rings, like those kind of things were just like things that were around. Like it didn't feel like yeah. there was some sort of novelty to the Matrix coming out. It just felt like it was a thing that existed and always did or something. Yeah. Mm. I, I do remember a few years later though, in high school, there was a kid who like made a fool of himself and everyone like made fun of him for it <laughs> for the rest of the day uh because he said that he believed in the matrix and he thought it was real that and rules. i feel like for him. that has become <laughs> that has become much more of a mainstream um that's so funny opinion to have that's just so <laughs> yeah. funny to go into school and be like my religion is the matrix like i <laughs> that's my where i put my faith i mean i i was he was a kid who said when he grew up and, and like, and he, he was completely earnest about this. And when I say kid, you know, he was sixteen. Sure. <laughs> he completely earnestly believed he was going to be a hitman when he grew up. Oh and I tried to, and I because he liked the video game Hitman. And I sure. tried to explain to him. I, I said, look, if you if you were like if you killed someone, I can guarantee that it would like disturb you and you'd have like post traumatic stress for for years. Like you wouldn't just walk away like yeah, this is badass. It's also not a job you can just like apply for. I don't think. I don't think <laughs> yeah. they have like Indeed apps for Hitman. <laughs> it's got on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> my resume special skill says i already have a barcode tattoo so you don't have to worry about it <laughs> so what is he now you know what i don't know La last i heard from him he was working in a shop but that was the kind of job you <laughs> well, would have as a cover yeah, so he says, yeah, maybe yeah. he is maybe he pulled it off yeah you should call him up call him up and be like hey i just i have someone i need to kill and just see <laughs> see if he's like what well, you've called the right guy <laughs> he used to he used to spend a lot of time designing the mark of <laughs> which was going to be his little logo that he was going to leave <laughs> dead that, body that rules i mean if you're going to be a hitman you have to have a calling card i mean 
Granted, I imagine yeah. that's probably the worst thing to have if you're trying not to get caught as a hitman is, is something that ties you to all of the deaths. If I remember correctly, his mark was basically that S shape that sure. everyone drew in high school. So <laughs> that could be anybody. They might not have, yeah, they might not have traced it. Not the most creative. Well. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, what, one of the sort of annoying things about The Matrix is this kind of the idea that it's some deep philosophical tract when it's not it's 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 not to say it doesn't have anything to say but it's it's first year philosophy student writes an action film mm-hmm. i mean that and it's but the problem with that is that you know people who are just before first year philosophy students <laughs> think it's like a mind blowing experience and it's like it's telling us something deep and meaningful i went into this rewatch kind of thinking that like oh this is going to be really basic stuff and it it had a lot more depth and it posed a lot more questions than i kind of expected Mm. i you know i don't think it is just um the most base simplistic kind of take on things that it could be you know i I think there's enough depth there to justify getting people excited in philosophy and (laughs) that's a tough thing to do i think the first one does it better honestly the simplicity of the first one i think does it a favor because in the next ones they try to get more complex and they don't have anything really to say philosophically other than like What's another thing a computer has? Like, okay, there's programs, there's, like, logins, and they're just, like, kind of running through, like, how can we get more yeah, computer like shit in this movie? <laughs> and that's worse than than freshman, you know, Play-Doh algorithm in the game. That's, like, what are we doing? It's it's like in, the, in Tron Legacy, I think it is, where they have... Oh god, what's it? There's a homeless person and they say that they're like a a corrupt file or sure. something. It's like <laughs> re- arguably like offensive yeah. one-to-one sort of. Yeah. <laughs> um now Oh Alan, I don't know if you can hear that. Oh what? Oh no, it's it's oh, the, I, the logic police of, of oh, uh, knocking at the door. Yeah, oh, I do apologize. Burn your hard drive. Uh, then I I will apologize to our listeners in advance. I I know I have a, a habit of uh, getting stuck on you know <laughs> logical issues with films. Right, go on. I I do have to bring up a few issues with this with this film, The Matrix, um, that I have. Okay, so the the idea that you can manipulate the matrix because you know you're in the matrix that that is basically akin and do do like i might be missing something but the movie is basically saying that if i were to like boot up super mario brothers because i know it's a video game i should be able to like run up walls (laughs) as mario (laughs) like go slow motion to walk underneath bowser without you know any risk no but this is like Maybe not quite anything, but this is like if the more you know, the more you can control it. Like in if you play, you know, Mario Kart sixty four, you, you you know do the shortcut where you right you, know, you jump yeah. over, jump through the wall. Rainbow Road shortcut. If you know you're in, you might just be walking around your life. You have no idea that you're in a simulation. But if someone tells you, "Hey, you're actually in Super Smash Brothers Melee," you can learn how to <laughs> how to wave dash. Right? Like you, Mario. I can do two jumps. Yeah. I never realized. I yeah, only thought exactly. I could do one. I, yeah (laughs) if someone tells you about you know how to do a recovery then you have to keep dying (laughs) well that's that's fine i I can go with that uh my next one is how come agent smith is limited at all like if he can magically make neo's mouth kind of disappear how come he even has to like knock on a door how come he can't just teleport (laughs) and just make everything happen as he 
wants it to happen. Well, why doesn't he just make his mouth disappear again and he'll choke to death or suff- <laughs> suffocate? Like, why does he have to find him and physically put a bug in his belly button? <laughs> he's like on his own. He has like his own agenda too. Like he like works for the Matrix and he's just like a robot yeah. AI who like has his own <laughs> career ambitions. <laughs> makes no sense. <laughs> I, my my assumption is if you ask the Wachowskis, they'd be like, oh, well, he can do that stuff. But like if there's a glitch, like people will notice if there's like more things going on in the Matrix. But I don't know. I think you're they should probably just he should probably just, you know, kill Neo or something. <laughs> All right. So this is this is more an issue with the second movie. But as we see in these films, the A.I can take over human consciousness and, and turn them into agents. Yeah. So, and they they can seemingly do that with loads of people at once. So why don't they do that to every person on the planet? I mean, he does. They don't even need the Matrix anymore, right? They just have them all be agents. They're they're still batteries because the bodies are being mm. run, and they can just sit in a quiet room. Maybe maybe ultimately <laughs> the body would reject it given enough time, but they only ever do it for a short period, don't they? I mean, the the big issue I should have really is with the notion that people are being used as batteries but i'm I'm not you know they they throw in a line about how they've combined it with a new form of fusion and that's fine (laughs) yeah i know other people have been complaining about it for years but you can't get more out than you put in you know their bodies are being used to generate electricity the idea came from an old movie called the matrix but but wouldn't almost anything make a better battery than a human body like a potato or a battery Plus, no matter how much energy they produced, it would take more energy than that to keep them alive. I know, I know, it sounds absurd. In fact, when The Matrix first came out, it seemed like the single crummiest, laziest, most awful dim-witted idea in the entire history of science fiction. But it turned out to be true. Who knew? Good work, writer of The Matrix. Yeah, apparently the the script was originally written that they needed the human brain for processing power. Okay, um, yeah. They were able to like hi- I-, I guess hijack the ninety percent of the brain that you supposedly don't use or something. So. <laughs> They're using it to harvest Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the the producers at Warner Brothers apparently said, "No one knows what computer processing power is. We can't do that. Make it a battery." So they had to do a last minute rewrite. The big wigs at Warner Brothers were like, "That's too powerful. People must not know that they can <laughs> unlock the potential of their brains." <laughs> take us down Uh, (laughs) so all right um my my other major issue is why do they spend so much time in the matrix like what once they know they're in a simulation and they're out of it because being out of it is shit (laughs) (laughs) but they don't go in just for like a laugh like they don't use it like a holodeck. They yeah, that's the question you should be asking. Why don't they just go in and have a laugh and just kind of like create a character for themselves where they're hugely <laughs> rich and like everyone's well, trying to sleep with them? Well, would you take the red pill or the blue pill? You're a you're a, you're a Joe Pantoliano. You are. <laughs> I, yeah, you are. I mean Joe. I think he nails it. He does the right move. He goes in and he gets to live his life. I kind of wish maybe they did this and I missed it, but I kind of wish there was like a poster in the second Matrix movie of like. A cipher movie coming out like, <laughs> why didn't they that would have been so cool if just like neo's fighting and in the background you just see like cyphers starring in some stuffy drama speed three oh. 
<laughs> that would have been amazing. I mean, I, I bought some multivitamins recently, and they're blue pills. <laughs> so every every morning now, I sort of think like, yeah, I am. I'm taking a blue pill. I'm gonna stay in my cushy fake <laughs> life. I don't want to know if if it's post apocalyptic outside. I don't. I don't want to know. <laughs> I want to get taken over by Agent Smith. Take me over. <laughs> yeah. Start running this body. Well, do, do you know what really? What what surprised me, what was not in my memory, I guess, was how much of this is not kind of a science sci-fi thing, but it's just religion. Like, uh, and, uh, oh, yeah. like Morpheus is just a, a kind of wacko cult leader who's trying to pull people into his cult. And, and I didn't remember it that way, you know? And it actually seemed a lot more creepy uh, on this latest rewatch. I don't think it's meant to be, though, is it? No, I don't think it's I meant, to, you're be, meant but it is. to. You're not meant to question whether or not everyone should be freed from the Matrix and brought back into reality. I don't think. Are you? I mean, maybe you are. Maybe I think style has just changed so much that, like, in the '90s, you'd see Morpheus and be like, "This is the coolest person who's ever existed," and now you see him and you're like, "Why is this guy wearing that? This is insane." You are completely correct. Actually, you. I, I know. I keep going on about friends from high school but, uh, <laughs> you you've reminded me of a, another friend who you know he, he kind of went off the deep end of it in high school and uh <laughs> he went to, he went to a very strange school so. <laughs> well, part of that involved that he started dressing like he was in the matrix because he obviously thought it was really cool because i guess it was yeah. at the time did he have a samurai sword um <laughs> seems like no, just seems like it goes together no. Had a samurai sword. And a I have so many friends who have samurai swords now. <laughs> also had, you've just reminded me, he had a replica Indiana Jones whip, <laughs> which he hung proudly over his bed. And he didn't understand why we all found that really funny, that he had a whip hanging over his bed when he went round to his house. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, big Larry Fishburne we've got here as Morpheus. Oh, yeah, and Fishy Larry. And this is, like, obviously he was already an established actor, but this, again, same as sort of Carrie Ann Moss and Hugo Weaving, took them to another level. It was kind of like their biggest hit in terms of a kind of a big role. And yeah, he's really good in it. I, but yeah, he is great in it. Because I think if I saw the character of Morpheus like, like reading a script, I don't think that's what I'd imagine like and and the way he delivers it, yeah. you know, he's got that kind of calm. He does the folding his arms behind his back, which is a just a lovely move. I don't know, like why that is so yeah. unusual that it works. He's <laughs> but like he's just he's not quite in shape, you know. He does this whole fight scene. Yeah. He's, just, he's just slightly too podgy, but he gets away with it. Um, he's just he's the leader. He gets extra rations of protein. <laughs> <laughs> I was on um when I when I I watched these movies like a month ago and I put them on Letterbox and I saw some really I thought good review of it where someone said that um the reason it works so well the Morpheus character is that he they, that Lawrence Fishburne plays him as like such a dreamer like he doesn't he feels he feels mm. like someone who like authentically believes in this and like really wants it to happen like he's not like cynical he's not like he doesn't mm. secretly want to be the the one or whatever he's just like uh, he's yeah. a dreamer yeah. No, that's yeah. I quite like that actually. Yeah, because and I think it's it what saved the character, especially in the later films. He becomes such a kind of like the wacko religious cult leader that the other some of the other leaders don't really believe mm -hmm. in that stuff. And so to having so grounded and kind of calm, I guess, helps that. And yeah, he's not he's not reaching for power, is he? He's he he his place. 
you know, he's the John the Baptist, you know, he's the one who's yeah. going to deliver the one. Uh, and, and he's happy with that. Those other, the, the, in what is it, the third one where everyone thinks that he's a crazy person for believing that Neo is the one is so funny because this guy can fucking fly. <laughs> like he flies. <laughs> he can fly in the Matrix. Like it's no one, it's like if Jesus, people are like, oh, I don't think that Jesus is real. And he's like turning shit into water, into wine, like in front of them. And they're like, no. <laughs> it's a cheap Which, trick. To be fair, is probably exactly how it would go down if Jesus in this day and <laughs> age. I, I think true. people would be very split <laughs> as he stood on on the water and yeah. So um, just while we're dealing with the other kind of principal yeah. actors here, Carrie Ann Moss as Trinity. Mm-hmm. Again, this was a kind of career-making role for her. She was just a sort of jobbing actor before this. And then hasn't really done much since. <laughs> but she's yeah. She's she did Memento immediately afterwards. Um, yeah. And it's kind of that was another big kind of underground hit. But I think she does a really jo- good job. And it's kind of a, a again, it's um, a badass female character at a time when that was still not always done very well. Yeah. And I think the whole kind of love brings them together thing at the end is a bit of a misstep. I don't really like all that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think for the most part, she's she just goes toe to toe with with everyone else, and she's it's a it's a good solid character. I, I think I like that ending honestly. I like I think the Wachowskis are they just seem like softies, and I I like that they. <laughs> I mean, like I feel like it's such a cheesy thing, but for some reason they I think they pull it off in this one. They're just like friendship is magic. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is magic. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, we didn't bring that up, just, by the way, when we were talking about the like the philosophical thing that you know both of them ended up transitioning, mm, uh, mm. and um, I you know I don't know if it was like how much it was supposed. To, I think they've said it, it's about tra- like you know being trans. The movie. I don't know how much of that was like they knew at the time versus yeah they felt like people who were trapped in a world yeah, that didn't yeah. exist. But I do think that elevates it the 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 theme. Yeah, I mean, just just perhaps, yeah. As a creative, you you connect with a story in a way that you might not you might not even realize why. But yeah, you. Uh, but that's why the Matrix connects with people. I think a lot of people feel like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm not happy with this. I wish I was special in some way. I wish I was different. Mm-hmm. And the way you are, yeah, either way you identify. But very, most of us are looking for something different, aren't we? Uh, do you guys know anything about the new film they're they're doing? I mean, the trailer looks fun. I've read some theories about what people think it's going to be about that I don't think I agree with. It looked I have, I've only, all I've seen really is the trailer and it it just it felt like they were retreading over a lot of it, definitely in the trailer anyway. I don't know if the film will translate to this, but the trailer is definitely kick uh, like stamping a few boxes of like hey, remember this from the Matrix? Here it is again. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> it it almost seems like a remake of the first one. Like they it starts yeah. off at least in the trailer with um you know, Neo doesn't know that the Matrix exists, and he like runs into to Trinity, and they don't recognize each other. Yeah, you know, et cetera, oh, right. et cetera. Even though they both but, look exactly the same, they haven't yeah. aged. <laughs> well, that's the question. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I know they wanted to make a new one for for well, what twenty years? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, Warner Brothers were desperate for more of these, and I think it was the Wachowskis who you know held off on doing it because they they told that story. They were kind of done and then they realized that they didn't have any other stories (laughs) 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 well yeah yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see what they do with it but i it's just lana i think oh yeah i think you're right yes it's only one of them 
But I, but I think based on Reloaded and Revolutions, I, I think any op- any optimism should be very cautious. Like maybe maybe she'll knock it out of the park and it'll be incredible, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I think that him. like um, my my take on the Wachowskis is at least it'll be something weird. Like, I feel like all of their recent movies <laughs> yeah. have had something in it that's, like, really fucking weird. And that's, like, enough yeah. for me. Like, with, with, like, you know, the way that Marvel movies have been the last... And I, I, I kind of like a lot of the Marvel movies, but for the last 20 years, they've all been, like, so cookie-cutter, and they all have, like, the mm. same tone, and they don't take any risks. Like, at least The Matrix yeah. 4 will probably have something very fucking weird in it. And I... That's enough yeah, for me. that's fair. Hopefully, yeah. I was just reading here that... Um, one of the co-writers of the new film is David Mitchell, um, presumably the guy who wrote oh, Cloud Atlas, Cloud and not, Atlas. not the yeah. popular British comedian. Hey, is, is that a kingfisher? Oh, for God's sake. If we're going to talk, let's talk about something proper, like films. Ugh, films. Another hour of my life gone trying to explain to him what the Matrix is. If only it was. But yeah, because they obviously they did Cloud Atlas as well, didn't they? Wow. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's a quite a good person to have on your script, though, and uh, like you say, yeah, to, well, to put some kind of kooky ideas in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at my notes for the first film here, and I, I've just got some sporadic little things I want to mention. Uh, number one, Neo's real name is Tom Anderson. That is, of course, the neighbour <laughs> of Beavis and Butthead. Oh, whack him off on my trailer. <laughs> just have to mention that. <laughs> the the one that Hank Hill was sort of based on. Uh, his birthday's nine eleven as well. Right, um, these are all on boy. purpose. Yeah, <laughs> that one was that one was a precursor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, there there are a lot of um, conspiracy theories out there about that one, but you know, there's only so many days. <laughs> Everything's kind of green. We haven't spoken about that. The 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 sort of color grade they do on the film. Um, yeah, it gives I think, it a... again when we went to when we went to film school. I think we had. It must have been our cinematography teacher, but I think again they were quite disparaging of the like, don't just put a green filter really? over everything. But I think it looks great in this film. I think it really better than blue and orange. It gives yeah. it it gives and it an it, identity, it, and obviously there's a yeah, reason exactly. for it. That whole green screen, yeah. old school computer stuff. And it is very much kind of like right, we're we're in the Matrix. It's greeny now. Oh, we're in the real world. Mm-hmm. It's not greeny mm. in the same way at least it's, yeah um, i think it works really nicely it's the same thing as like breaking bad when they have it orange you're yeah like, oh we're in mexico oh god <laughs> yeah break, breaking bad it's like oh it, it's <laughs> they're filming this stuff on instagram yeah we're, we're in, <laughs> in mexico uh i want to mention that when they go to see the oracle uh did you see the tv in the background no no <laughs> well you should check it out because there is a movie playing with giant rabbits it just says 9-11 is going to happen in two years. <laughs> uh, no, they're, they're, they're watching one of my favorite uh, So Bad It's Good movies, Night of the Lepus, which mm. is a, a movie where Bones out of Star Trek has to fight giant <laughs> rabbits that have... Uh, th- like, the, the farming community is, like, being overrun with a rabbit infestation, so they, like, create a, a virus to kill the rabbits, oh, and my. instead it makes them go giant. And uh, then we just have loads of footage of rabbits in slow motion walking around like model towns, wow. <laughs> and it's meant to be scary and ominous. And occasionally, when they attack someone, it'll it'll cut to someone in a big rabbit costume for like a few <laughs> seconds, sort of slashing at them. It is honestly, it is it's so much fun. Check it out, Night of the Lepus. Um, 
Well, one, one, yeah. another someone I'd like to mention actually. I know you're a big fan, Sol. Uh, Hugo Weaving. Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about him here actually because I love Hugo Weaving. I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, actor. This is obviously the part he's best known for. I would say. I think that and Lord of the Rings probably. He got him the part in Lord of oh, the Rings. Oh yeah, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> that and uh, yeah. and obviously Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gahul. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, I mean, of course. It's yeah. Well, that he's one goes one of the saying, Owls yeah. of Gahul. <laughs> I assume. <laughs> I wasn't particularly bothered about him here if i'm completely honest i I think he was fine i think he's doing a very nice job of like this has to be a kind of not quite human character but we don't want it to be too over the top yeah so it's just that very kind of understated by nature yeah yeah but i i didn't watch this and think oh man i love hugo weaving like i do when i watch him in captain america (laughs) doing a, a funny german accent you know what's really cool though in these movies is when he takes over other characters and they do like an impression of him. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. that. I think it's the third one where <laughs> yeah, he takes yeah, that guy's yeah, quite a prolonged period it of the guy great. doing his voice, and it, took, it takes yeah. him so long to work it out. Like, like, <laughs> like why Neo doesn't get it? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, I I love as well because obviously Hugo Weaving is Australian, isn't he? He is. Um, yes. The I looked up Agent Smith on the Matrix Wiki to see if they had answers for some of my logic problems. That I was <laughs> if he's Australian, <laughs> well, what I found was a big discussion, like a whole section on the wiki of basically where Hugo Weaving didn't quite nail the American accent. Really? Like uh, apparently he he says environment with an n in it, and apparently that's not really how I, that's you do it. The point though, he's supposed to be like a little weird, right? Like he's saying he's like over enunciating yeah. like every syllable. I thought I didn't yeah. as, as an American, I wasn't like this guy's a faker. I was like he's a robot man, which is how I view yeah. all Australians, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I I think they were being a bit. Um, unnecessarily nitpicky yeah, yeah it's funny i think he's doing a good job but he is australian and the film was made in australia it was filmed there because Ooh. it was cheaper i mm. believe for tax reasons or maybe just because cr- the crew are less unionized over there <laughs> <laughs> but they they went over and, and shot it over there for for budgetary reasons so that might be why he got the part rather than uh, particularly yeah because so the on and some of the other you know the Kind of the, yeah. the lesser Lawrence characters. Fishburne, I think, is from New Zealand. <laughs> well, there is, yeah, one of the one of his crew is a, is a New Zealander. Um, oh, yeah. You know, T- Dozer oh, really? or one of them. Uh, I'm not sure which one it yeah, is. All right. And, uh, and, of course, there's um, Tank, who is played by uh, Marcus Chong, who, as the name suggests, is the son of Tommy Chong, as, as oh. in Cheech and oh, Chong. Really? Um, is not, he the one not, who doesn't come back? One of them like has like contract disputes, right? Then in the next one, he like wanted more money or something, and then they replace him. And they went, "Do you know who you are, mate? You're not Keanu Reeves." <laughs> <laughs> we we haven't mentioned the music as well. I I think the Matrix. You know, it's not music I would necessarily listen to, but it it gives it so much personality, and it's so cool in places when you have like Club to Death and these other now very iconic bits of music playing and. I, I think The Matrix pretty much single-handedly set the tone for music in films trying to be cool action movies for about four or five years. You know, we we spoke about uh, Tomb Raider, the first Tomb Raider movie, for example, uh, on this show a couple of years ago. And that, you know, films like that were sort of ripping off the 
the style of music in the matrix to try yeah. and be a little bit as cool as the matrix so let, let's let's sort of plow our way through the the sequels in a little bit more detail just in a kind of like <laughs> they're they're too long there's yeah there's it's two hours and ten minutes and it's about thirty minutes of plot uh, well there's a there's a real i don't want to say resurgence because that implies something coming back there's a emergence is the word isn't it of um people who are adamant that the matrix sequels are actually good mm, yeah and i think it's the same crowd of people who are starting to be adamant that the star wars prequels are actually good <laughs> i know that the podcast blank check one of their hosts david sims is like he's a film reviewer who like loves the matrix sequels so if people want to listen to a, a full-hearted, you know, defense of the Matrix, <laughs> I guess go listen to those episodes. Did you say his name was David Sims? Yes. I'll just say I don't I know that name. <laughs> Didn't we go to uni with David Sims? <laughs> Might have been him. He he famously grew up in the UK. Uh, no, I, I I'm I'm well aware of uh, both David Simses. So uh... <laughs> not the same guy. One of them is a hitman now. <laughs> the Matrix Reloaded, I think, was pretty well received at the time like it people felt it was a big step down but i think it was really the third film that kind of tanked it for well people uh, liking these films uh well yeah i mean the third one's worse i guess but it's pretty it's... bad <laughs> well i i have a really hot take here in that i i hate the second one can't really? stand it and i think the th i think the third one's an improvement <laughs> i wanted to go into it like when i was i was rewatching it like last month and i was like i'm gonna be a guy who thinks that they're all amazing i'm gonna do it <laughs> and then the, the first one i was like perfect movie the second one i was like not great but fun and the third one i was like i don't even i can't even follow what's happening anymore <laughs> Well, I, I think that was my problem with the second one was I just, I had the same thing with um, the Lord of the Rings movies, to be honest. Like, there's, there's a certain kind of film that just has such, such convoluted, complicated backstory and so many moving pieces mm -hmm. that I just tune out and I just cannot follow <laughs> what is happening. And I try reading the plot synopsis on Wikipedia and I can't follow it because I get two sentences in and my brain but I think, just like, goes elsewhere. Even if you can't follow the story of The Matrix Reloaded, which, like, sure, I don't think I can either. At least there's, <laughs> like, cool fight scenes and there's, like, a big yeah. car chase. The third one is, like, yeah. visually <laughs> incomprehensible because, like, every scene where they're <laughs> in that, like, uh, and they're in Zion or whatever. Yeah. And there's, like, a fucking billion robots and they're all just, like, <laughs> yeah. shooting wildly into the sky. And you don't know any of these yeah. characters. They're all new characters yeah, that were introduced so many new characters. five minutes ago. And then, like, one dies. Yeah. You're like, I don't know who you are <laughs> and there's a Nobody kid there's a be. there's a young there's a young guy who like looks up to neo that we get in one scene in the second yeah. film and it's like well that was weird <laughs> and then in the third film like he's the hero who saves the day yeah like we don't we haven't related to these characters we don't care what's what's Keanu truly Reeves doing? couldn't care less <laughs> broadly speaking i think the the second film is so convoluted i can't follow it the third film is just robots fighting humans for two hours and i can follow that even though it's <laughs> boring not it's not it's not enough to you know sustain two and a half hours but mm -hmm. I, I think i engage with it more so then when you do get a great scene like agent smith possessing someone in the real world i kind of really sit up and go oh yeah this is great whereas in the second one whenever a great scene comes along i'm kind of like oh, i just 
I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Who are these twins? The French guy does suck. The French guy in the second yeah. one. I can't think of what his name is. He's the truly, truly the worst character. Yeah, he's called like the movies. Mandalorian or something like that. Yeah, he's got some fucking, <laughs> yeah, like the Machiavellian or something. <laughs> that was all just so it's ridiculous. Like it was just ridiculous. Yeah. It was like, let's do a Bond villain, but make it silly. <laughs> like not even ground it into Bond reality. Yeah, it's all very um, silly. The the sequels love kind of black goo special effects. <laughs> uh, they they pull it out a lot whenever Agent Smith takes over someone. Oh, just real and quick, it's the Merovingian. Yeah. That's the name of the character. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck cares, dude. Perfect sense. That's so bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, there's lots of black goo and. You know, as much as I was criticizing the special effects in the second one for looking fake and, and computery, the black goo looks every bit as good as the black goo does in the new Venom movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what does that say? Is the new Venom movie terrible? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about this, Sol? This little tidbit that I read uh, earlier when I was just reading some trivia. The, 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 the architect who we see in the second film, that role was offered to Sean Connery. Uh, oh, really? Which, well, sure, this is, what, one day's filming? It's just him sat in a seat, you know, not to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why would he sure work that? that around. No problem, work around his mm. schedule. I think he was yeah, too busy playing yeah, golf in the Caribbean. But wouldn't that have been amazing? He would have had to read it off cards. That would have been brilliant. <laughs> they would have had to pin the words to Keanu Reeves' chest so that he could do them. But they obviously... Just thought, well, we can't get Sean Connery. Forget it. Who cares who it is? They didn't go after another big Colonel Sanders. <laughs> but that's it. In, in all these films, even in the later ones where they obviously had a bit more of a budget, there's not some, there's not huge names in there, uh, really. Yeah, in in, in roles where you might throw in a, a kind of a big name, um, you, you know, was it Jada Pinkett Smith? She's the biggest name in the in the sequel. The new 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 people in the sequels. Uh, which is, yeah. you know, I I don't mind that. I don't think you need to bring in some big name actors, but mm. I it's just unusual, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's also probably one of the most diverse casts of any like big budget movie. Yeah, yeah I noticed that actually. I that kind of struck me. I don't think I ever thought about that at the time, but yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, at that time was certainly ahead of its mm. time. Yeah. So, generally speaking, with the second film, like I, I really like the first Matrix, but I think it has a lot of problems and flaws, and it kind of works in spite of them. And I think in the Matrix Reloaded, all those problems are just kind of dialed up to the point that the film doesn't overcome them. So, you know, like we said about the fights being really choreographed, they're like over choreographed in the Matrix mm-hmm. Reloaded. It, it, it looks like they're just doing a silly dance and Mm. the special effects aren't as good um there's way more bullshit philosophy that doesn't really go anywhere um there's only about 20 minutes of story and they're punctuated with these cool fight scenes but most of the runtime isn't padded by cool fight scenes it's padded by these endless monologues about you know the nature of reality and it's just and and you know basically like it's it's a film that takes itself really seriously, and that's not necessarily a problem, but 
they also include the sound effect of a bowling ball hitting the pins <laughs> yeah. in an alley when Keanu throws in one of the Agent Smiths into a load of other Agent Smiths and knocks them over. And it's like you can't, you can't do that if you're taking yourself seriously. You're like, where is this film pitched? Um, so I, I didn't like it. And then the ending as well. That well, I, there is you know, an ending. I, I, is a problem, it, obviously. It ruffles my feathers when they do the whole right come back for the next one ending. And I know they shot them back to back, but like, but the, the worst thing about that is is they they go that there was this huge attack and there was only one survivor. Who was it? And then it pans across to the person who survived, and it's like, who the fuck's that? Who? What? <laughs> and then it's like this big reveal and the end of the film to be continued. Like, what? Yeah. Who was that? Why? Hmm. I didn't, yeah, okay. Whereas in the third one, it's simple, there's a clear structure, there's an ending. Like, I understand the motivation behind all of the characters doing things, even if it's, you know... So I don't know, I just kind of... I get more on board with that. And and I think the action in both films is quite good. Mm. Um Although, you know, I, again, I have logic problems with the second one as well, right? So if, if Agent Smith just wants to take over Neo, why is he punching him? Why isn't he, like, <laughs> shooting goo out of his hands? Why doesn't he make a goo gun? <laughs> yeah, he should be gooing like crazy. Yeah, but instead he's, like, hitting him in the face. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. Why, why in that big fight where he fights 200 Hugo Weavings... I was just thinking all the time, like, why don't you just fly off? Like, you can fly, mate. We know this. <laughs> and then that's what he does at the end. He just fights them for 20 minutes and then flies off. Yeah. The whole movie feels very much choreographed, even, like, the scenes. Yeah. Where it's just like, now we yeah. have to have a fight scene. Because that's what we do in the movies. Mm. Yeah. Once every 10 pages. Isn't it? it feels very written to mm-hmm. a kind of Hollywood formula in that way. Yeah, But, you know, there there are cool fights in there that that scene where he fights a million agent smiths is you know if you can forgive the ropey cgi effects mm, on it and I'm sure I can. The, it arguably goes on a bit too long yeah it's still a pretty cool engaging scene i, I tell you what i like about the way it's filmed that it's not lots of quick cuts and close-ups it, it, yeah it, but the, the way they get around that to show it is to to stitch the things together with cgi and yeah. uh, that doesn't work very well and I've I've heard the defense that well they're in the matrix it, you know it, that that's why it's fine that it looks crap. Oh yeah. But it's like no because the whole point is that the matrix is our reality so it it can't look fake because then that's... also it's just ugly. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, rea- the reality of the film is that we have to watch it with our eyes and if it's boring <laughs> then we're not gonna like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like the architect scene. Is that in the second one? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. The, the, the the set with like all the TVs, I don't know. I've seen it like parodied a billion times, but it's still it's still kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's a it's a nice idea, but I just can't get over. I just think about security guards sat watching a load of CCTV cameras whenever I see it. It's, but no, it's a cool it's a cool idea. But then I think yeah, the first film feels so much more grounded, and and you know, like you say, th- this could feasibly on some level. Yeah. happen right whereas the second movie is like this is a metaphor do you get it you know we're, we're embracing the poetry and yes everything's a metaphor and it doesn't feel real in the same way so i think i just don't like it as much whereas the third one it's just 
yeah, we're going to shoot a thousand swarming robots and then they're going to make a big kaiju face and yell at us. And I don't know, I guess I'm more on board with that. We're going to have a big Superman fight scene in the rain at the end. And... Mm, do you like when they all turn into a baby? Do you like <laughs> yeah. the baby face? I kind of like that one. I, I, I actually do kind of like the baby face, yeah. That makes my favorite <laughs> detail of that movie is that they all turn into a big baby face. <laughs> <laughs> What happens at the end? I don't, I don't think I even understood what was going on at that point. <laughs> they teamed up to beat Hugo Weaving. He like becomes literally Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he does. Yeah. He turns into a crucifix at one point, doesn't he? Yeah. <clears throat> a crucifix of fire. Okay. Original Matrix. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it's fun. It it was novel. It, it does some really interesting things. I think a very solid eight out of ten. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I give the first one an 8 out of 10 as well. I, I think it's a really solid movie. I was going to give it a 9, but then it was just slightly too long. I to get a bit bored. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's it's a great film and it's a classic for a reason. I, I honestly think the first Matrix movie is a 10 out of 10. I think it's like, yeah. it does everything it's trying to do as far as like sci-fi action movie goes. There's just not really that many like better versions of it. And I really like how grounded it yeah. is. And I think it was uh, change the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no fair. I, I, I think you know. And now we all know that we're in the Matrix, so it was a helpful, just you know. <laughs> well, you know that that we we haven't really touched on that, but that that is becoming the. <laughs> it's kind of the logic. It's it's the logical conclusion is that we are in a simulation because probability says that it's more likely than not being in one. That's true. I, I'm I'm into it. <laughs> it's, it's because there's like there's like infinite because right so <laughs> the the idea is i think that any civilization that lives long enough to be able to create like simulated realities mm -hmm. will do so and then each of those simulated realities right. will you know at some point reach a point where they create a simulated reality within right. within the simulated reality so in theory, there's basically infinite chances that we are not reality, and there's only one chance that we're the real world. Right. Have you been hired as a writer for the new Matrix film? <laughs> <laughs> and and then there's um, there is actually a really compelling bit of um, science to kind of back it up that I don't understand well enough to explain <laughs> in a very good <laughs> level but essentially when when you look at like the building blocks of reality like when you go right down to the molecular level um you know it almost down to like the individual pixels that make up the universe like there is a there is a limit they've found to how small you can go mm. how much detail you can look at things in like a resolution right to the reality and based on how we understand reality there shouldn't be any limit there like the only uh reason they can sort of think of that there might be an imposed limit is that it's a simulation and you know they're yeah. not rendering things <laughs> in more detail than you know because no one's ever going to be looking in in that much detail well now that i know that i can fly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there you go uh we're in, we're in a simulation confirmed but yeah, to get back to our ratings, uh, I give the second one a three out of ten. I, I really it reminds me. <laughs> well, you yeah, it obviously bothered you more than me. I I was probably leaning towards a five, and then it didn't have an ending, so it it got a four out of ten from me. <laughs> Very harsh from the two of us. I was gonna give it a five out of or a six out of ten, but looking at when I watched it on Letterbox, I gave it a seven out of ten. 
Oh. And I don't oh. remember liking it that much, but I guess, you know, ultimately, oh, I wrote, I'd cut 30 minutes out of this, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. There's some fun stuff in it. There's like, um, I think like a lot of the action, even though it's like super choreographed, it does like kind of hold up. And I think it's refreshing to watch, um, a non Marvel, big, stupid nerd movie where it doesn't have yeah. jokes in it every second. What was those <laughs> what were those ghost guys? The kind of like the the twins that turn into ghosts <laughs> the sometimes. Twins. There's no the there's twins. no they don't even bother trying to explain any of that or why that's happening. Yeah, I went on Matrix Wiki reading up about them as well because I just assumed I'd missed a line of dialogue. <laughs> I did literally almost fall asleep during the fucking French guy. <laughs> that guy truly killed me. <laughs> I think that they're, they're meant to be some prototype programming that's gone wrong and becomes separated that it, it's there's there is like a whole backstory but i don't think it's actually in the film itself right. i think it's one of these things where you have to like watch the animatrix or read the you know yeah. the wiki <laughs> materials <laughs> i think that with all of these movies i just i really appreciate a big budget nerd movie that like is uh, not afraid to be weird yeah like they're afraid of not having jokes all the time and they're afraid of doing anything goofy and uh I love Marvel, I love what they do, but I do agree with you in that, like, when they go weird, it's very superficial, like, mm. Guardians of the Galaxy is, right. you know, weird on paper, but, you know, structurally, it's the same movie we've seen a thousand times, mm. it, you know, it's, but one of them's a tree. Yes. Um, so I am with you there, actually, like, the, these movies do take big, big swings, and, and the the Wachowskis in general, you know, they that's mm -hmm. what they do. <laughs> Anyone who's seen Cloud Atlas can uh, <laughs> attest to that. So, you're right, actually, I am actually quite excited for the fourth one, now you've sort of pointed that out. I just hope it's not normal. They're in a place in their career, though, where they nearly, really need to... Uh... Put something yes. down. <laughs> put put, they do. put a solid, put a solid base level well, down again. Yeah, something commercial. I know they've they've still got you know big fans who love Cloud Atlas and even Speed Racer and stuff like that. Jupiter Ascending. Oh yeah, <laughs> but I think that's it in terms of in terms of box office. I think yeah, they need a hit. But yeah, uh, the third one, like I say, I. I do like it more, and I think maybe there's an element of nostalgia, because I remember seeing this one in the cinema, which I didn't with the second one, so it takes me back to when I was 13, and, you know, watching a load of robots fighting people in mecha suits and everything. But I, I give it a 5 out of 10 anyway. I, I thought it was a lot better, personally. But Well, for me, I mean, yeah, I, I watched... Great. Still not great. I watched them back to back, uh, and it was serious diminishing returns. I mean, I had <laughs> well and truly tuned out, so, you know, it wasn't particularly gra grasping my attention. I gave it a 3 out of 10. Oh, wow. We swapped round. I have, uh, for, for the third one, a 4 out of 10. Was found it boring, and then... I think my eyes were literally hurting when I watched some, <laughs> of, the, some of the scenes with the the robots and the. Also, you know what? Should they be allowed to use mech suits? Are those robots? Is that against the rules? <laughs> I did like that. That that was like um, it was like how they've got some apes working for the humans in the new Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it. Um, I I did feel watching the sequels that like they really feel like one movie that's been arbitrarily cut in half and released mm -hmm. as two different films yeah. like, i think they they could have so easily just made it one film and you know made it a one two-hour film as well not not yeah. like a really long movie yeah i just structurally maybe the new film's gonna be like the 
the third part in a trilogy almost but uh yeah we'll see do you say you have you have seen the animatrix jeremy is that i saw it as right? a kid i haven't rewatched it um because it was it affected me deeply as a child <laughs> traumatizing there's, i think there's like a scene in it where like the robots like take over the world and i think there's one where they like took a man's head and and he just squeezes it until it explodes with blood <laughs> and when i was like 10 years old i was like oh yeah i'm never gonna sleep again wow well i will watch it i need to like before the fourth one comes out alan if, if you watch it we can we can do a little bonus diminisode <sighs> or something but we'll see how it goes yeah well that is the matrix trilogy all well, three of them thank you so much uh for joining us jeremy thanks um, for having me i i will say to our listeners uh check out jeremy's work uh on hard drive which is very very funny stuff if you're into thank you video games and um jeremy also does uh stand up i believe that's um, true the the jerry seinfeld clip that went uh viral is sublime <laughs> you ever notice how girlfriends are always talking about math homework <laughs> what is going on with that girlfriends all they talk about is going to science class a girlfriend's life revolves around home they got homework homeroom and they want to run away from home and live with their 38 year old celebrity boyfriends <laughs> I met my girlfriend's parents the other day. Why is it that girlfriend parents are the same age as you? What is the math? Ah, oh, thanks. Yeah, is, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, um, while sure. I, I have a podcast where we talk about nerd stuff and, and stuff like that. It's called Deep Dive in the Shallow End. It, the, the premise is that it's supposed to be a deep dive podcast, but we're like, we don't talk about the stuff that much because it's in the shallow end. So go check that out. <laughs> Excellent. I am just checking my notes here in case I've missed anything. I have written down the line, I know Kung Fu. (laughs) (laughs) And I've also written down uh, a comparison between Agent Smith and Algie Rhythm, Don Cheetah's (laughs) character in the new Space Jam movie, (laughs) which we... We'll have to save that for another day, I think. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, depending on what order these end up going out in, this is either the end of Keanu Vember, uh, we hope you've enjoyed it, or it's the middle of Keanu Vember, <laughs> and we're going to do speed next week. Edit as appropriate. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you. Bye.